Welcome to Profits Affogato, a podcast all about growing a profitable business that pours over into your life. I'm your host, Sarah Verhayen, online entrepreneur, wife, and mom of two. I'm the owner of Marish Books, where we help small business owners grow their profits by embracing the number side of their business. It's our mission to make business and accounting more human. Whether you consider yourself not a numbers person or you think playing in spreadsheets is a fun time, you're welcome here. So pour a cup of coffee and join me for inspiration, stories, and action steps to create the life of your dreams and a business you love. I'm here today with Chelsea. Chelsea Westman is a popcorn-loving wife and mom of three living next to the Utah mountains. As a productivity coach and online business consultant, she works with female entrepreneurs to grow their business while still prioritizing what matters most through her signature coaching containers and small team workshops. Chelsea is passionate about empowering high achievers to take control of their time, make more money without putting in more hours, and create a life that aligns with their values. Hi, Chelsea. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Sarah, hi. This I'm just so glad that you reached out because I this is awesome. I am so excited. I love getting to talk about right topics of productivity. That is indeed my love language. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and your background and how you got to where you are? I'd love to. So air quotes for those listening, right? My title is a productivity coach, online business consultant, speaker, blah, blah, blah. But what that really means is that I work with busy mompreneurs to essentially take back their time so that they can be present with their families and run their business without burning out. Key emphasis on the not burning out piece. Um, So essentially how I do that is through my one-to-one coaching containers. I do speaking and small team training, and then I run group programs, which are my bread and butter. Yeah, a little bit. Let's back up a little bit about how my trajectory started. It starts with a breakdown. It starts with, you know, like all good business building stories. It starts with a total breakdown, crying on the phone to my mom. And I always have to tell this story because oftentimes, right, we glorify or what we see on the outside or the successes that people have, but those didn't come without any type of trial. And so really the experience that really allowed me to build my business and really go forward is I'm sitting on this bed, I'm surrounded by laundry and not folded, of course, because congratulations if you fold your laundry, but I do not. So surrounded by laundry on my bed and I'm crying to my mom. I had an amazing mom who chose to stay home. So I had a stay home mom. That was my experience. And of course, naive me, that is what I thought a good mom was. Like mm-hmm. I thought that you had to stay home to be a great mom. Um, and boy, did I, you know, have so much to learn. But I can remember that moment being on the phone with her. I had felt the impulse to start this business. I had done really well in a wellness coaching program and just knew that that's what I wanted to do. But the thought was, well, I'm just going to do coaching when I um, when my kids go to school, right? But I had two kids under three and was feeling like this needed to happen now. And it was terrifying. And so as I started kind of figuring that all of that out, I just had so much mom guilt. It was suffocating. Like the pressures of managing a home and just managing life and trying to run a business at the same time was suffocating. And it's because I didn't have any foundations built. I didn't know how to handle those things, right? You don't know what you don't know. So back to crying to my mom. And I'm just saying, I am so afraid that I am going to work and it's going to damage my children. Like, you know, how silly is that? But it was a very real concern of mine. And so I'm just bawling feeling like I'm going to ruin my kids or I'm a terrible mom or that I'm, I wasn't even a terrible mom. I was worried about something that hadn't even happened, right? I was letting a potential future kind of affect my current feelings, which is this lesson number one, that is 
a not to do. And my mom said this amazing thing to me. She said, Chelsea, we did not raise you to be me. That was my choice. We raised you to pursue what you're passionate about. And those babies are going to be benefited for watching you do it. So I still get goosebumps every time I tell this story because I am a very obedient daughter. So I listened to my mama and (laughs) I never looked back and I refused to let my business take time away from my kids. So what I did is I built my business building systems and streamlining tasks. That was something that my brain already kind of did naturally. So I took that, put it in my business and created systems, strategies, templates so that I could essentially get more work done in less time. And so now I I get to teach other mompreneurs how to do it, how to build a sustainable, profitable business and still get to be present with the people they love so much. Gosh, what beautiful words by your mom. Those gave me right? too. I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. I don't even know your mm-hmm. mom. <laughs> Everyone needs to know my mom. She's a saint. <laughs> That's amazing. So, let's see. So, how long have you been doing that now? Three. Holy cow! Three years. It's wow. been three years. I've always yeah. i i a lot of the jobs that I did before I went into my in for myself, I guess, prepared me for this. A lot of them. I mean, I, it's just kind of funny where I landed, but you know, love wellness coaching was going to do that. So that's how I learned how to coach. And then I worked in child programming and nonprofit management. So I, that's where I learned training and team management and behavior management with children. And so I, I was really prepared that way and, and learned how to be organized in a workplace so that when I had to be home and figure out how to work from home, which is no easy task, I had those habits in place. I knew how to do that. And I've really just been able to kind of take that and and teach a lot of those things that I used to train my team members to do, but now I get to train other moms. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So you grew this this business in a very busy season with small children running around. What are some of your tips around that and how to navigate that? Yeah. I love to talk about how to actually get stuff done when you have kids at home or just distractions. So if you're listening and and you don't have children at home, this is still 100% for you because these strategies still apply because focusing when you work from home so often just feels impossible, right? We, so we have this, I like to tell this, we have this hallmark idea in our head when we first decide that we're going to work at home that, you know, we're going to have this free time and we're going to take long lunch breaks if we feel like it. And we can take walks in the middle of the day, right? We imagine flexible schedules, time to be with our people and not having to miss out on things in our life. It's, it's beautiful. But the reality often is a struggle with being able to focus guilt for working instead of, you know, momming or taking care of house tasks. And then you have guilt for momming instead of working, right. Or, or whatever that, you know, looks like there's always some type of like, I should be right. We should all over ourselves when we're trying to like get things done at home. And So in the process, I have learned a thing or two of kind of running a business and raising babies. And it's kind of allowed me to come up with those sustainable solutions of working from home and how to get more done in less time. That is one of my favorite, not just get more done, right? It's not about being more productive. It's not crossing more things off. Mm -hmm. It's being more productive in less time so that you can spend more of that time how you imagine, right? In that Hallmark daydreams that we have. So I kind of like to talk about three really important pieces, three realities of working from home and then ways that you can kind of pivot that. So if you want, we can just dive into the first one. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. So I always, this is the reality, right? Is that I need two of me. Oftentimes it just feels like that we're doing too much or we 
feel spread too thin. That's often common. And the idea here is here's the pivot. We need to aim for boundaries, not balance, right? The idea of working from home is like the perfect work-life balance. But the reality is that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Balance is a total lie. It doesn't even matter what the responsibilities are in your life. So boundaries is what we need to strive for instead. So just kind of define the actual definition of boundaries is something that indicates or fixes a limit or extent. So what that means is that when we create boundaries for our life, our business, whatever that looks like, it's a commitment to the extent that we are willing to do something or the limit that we will allow ourselves to go. We need to remember it's personal. It's not about controlling what other people are doing. It's about controlling our own actions and what we will and won't tolerate. And they protect us. So I have a crawler right now who is just up, just loves the stairs. I don't understand the fascination with the stairs. It's very terrifying. And this is my third child. I am not a stranger to children falling down the stairs. It still happens, whatever, they're fine. But we put up baby gates, right? We put up those baby gates to keep our kids from falling down the stairs. And we need to do that for ourselves, for our life, for our energy, for our mindsets. Boundaries can be fences that we set up to really maintain structure and ensure that we are living in alignment with what we value most. So that's my first tip is, is having boundaries for yourself. And then if you really want to get tactical, I have a couple that are essential for someone who works from home or someone who is a mompreneur. One of those being hard stops. I love teaching this this strategy. Hard stops are essentially a rule that we place or a boundary we place on ourselves to help us live more in line with our values. So an example of this is that from 5.30 to 7.30 every single day, we have what's called no phone zone in our house. It is the only time that we all get to be together during the day. And so it's really important to my husband and I that that time is for our family, for our kids. And phones are just a distraction. They just are. And so if we spend those two hours, so we just kind of try and put them out of sight. And I'm not saying we're perfect at this. Like we are not robots, right? There's sometimes we forget or there's days where we're like, oh my gosh, like we need to get off our phone because it's just there and it lights up and right. I totally understand. So we sometimes have to just put them out of sight, but from 5.30 to 7.30, we have what's called no phone zone, meaning we are there, we are present, we are with our children. And it works out because if you have kids and you're listening to this, you know, as well as I do that 5.30 to 7.30 is like the witching hour. Like, I don't understand what happens, but they lose their ever loving minds. And so from 5.30 to 7.30, we have to be present or it just, it's, it's bananas. Yeah. Yeah. It's bananas. So that is one example of a boundary is just deciding what hard stops you need in your life. Another example is giving yourself a bedtime. And I'm not just talking about just for moms, like just for people in general, right? It's so tempting to just hit that next episode on Netflix. It's so tempting. But without those hard stops in our life, like we can't do our best work if we're sleep deprived, right? So putting up those defenses or their guardrails for yourself, giving yourself a shutdown, like timer that goes off on your phone that tells you like, Hey, it's time to shut down for the night. Time to start my evening routine, time to get in the right headspace so that I can get the rest I need and show up ready to hit the ground tomorrow. So if, if you're trying to think of what maybe hard stops you might need in your life, a good question to ask yourself is twofold. One, where am I wasting time? Where am I not happy with how I'm using my time? And two, where am I out of alignment? And then you can usually tell between answering those two questions, some things will come up for you that you'll be like, ah, yeah, I probably need to set some rules for myself around that. So that's the first one boundaries, not balance. Yeah, that's, that's great. 
one thing that came to mind as you're talking through that is I have a couple like, you know, specific hours on my calendar, my Calendly to like, you know, limit the amount of time that I'm on calls and things like that. But something that came up in my mind was the mental boundaries. Is there anything that you have come across where like, okay, it's, you know, on the calendar, it's time to be with my kids, but in my mind, and I think I saw something from you on your stories recently of like Mm -hmm. a picture of your baby. And you're like, sometimes I'm just like, so ready to go to work and that's okay. But how do you like, I guess, I don't want to say find the balance, but maybe is it just okaying those moments of when you are with your kids, but you're excited to be in your business and it's not necessarily like stress or worry or detriment, but sometimes you can feel guilty for like, why am I not enjoying this and all kumbaya when I'm with my kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a great question. Again, we're going to go back to the shitting on ourselves, right? Like it should look a certain way or we should do it a certain way. And honestly, that does us more harm than good when we're thinking of like, I should be enjoying this moment. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it's okay. Right. Like she's just sitting on a pillow, bouncing up and down on her butt. Like I don't need to, you know, I don't need to like be 100% present. It's okay for my mind to wander. And when you own a business, it does not turn off, Mm -hmm. but, and this is very tactical as my brain works best. If you have specific tasks. Again, this is like a whole other podcast interview. So I'm just going to keep this as clean as possible. If you create for yourself a workflow, if you know exactly when your work hours are and exactly what you're going to be doing during that time, your mind tends to wander way less because a lot of the mind wandering comes from the things or it comes from our task list. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I should be doing this, or I could be doing this, or I I need to get this done. If that's already on a list, because you took time last night to make your task list and you have a mapped out workflow and you know how you're going to use your work hours, that does not a concern because Mm -hmm. part of the overwhelm that comes is from worrying if we're going to get to something. And that's where our brain tends to like make us focus on things. But if you know when you're going to work on something or when you're going to get to something, then you spend way less time worrying about if you're going to get it done or if you're going to get to it. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. Yeah. Sometimes I'm thinking through the moments where you have your task list, but then you have this thing pop up that you're just so inspired to do. Mm -hmm. And you know how, when you're like in the flow, it just like, it goes so effortlessly and easily. And you're like, what if I just did this other thing right now? It would go faster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a notes thing on my phone for literal like moments of inspiration that I don't want to lose, mm-hmm. but it's not the right moment. Mm-hmm. I pull that up and I write it down. Mostly it's content for me. Like that's what yeah. comes up is like, oh my gosh, this is an email. I need to send this to them. And so a lot of times if there's like a story that happens that I know I can use to teach, I will just jot that down on a note really quick and get back to it later. Cause it's just, it's just getting it down. So whether you have like a notebook open in your house, like on tables or whatever, so you can jot things down. A lot of people put it by their night, you know, their bedsides, which Kudos to people who have their genius business ideas in the middle of the night, because that will never be me. I am, I sleep so hard. I, there is no business idea great enough for to wake me up in the middle of the night, but whatever, maybe that means I'm not inspired enough. I don't know, but having notepads around your house or having a notes list on your phone where you can just pull up and jot those down so that when it's an appropriate time to get to it, you didn't Mm -hmm. lose that minute. Right. Cause the most damaging thing is for our kids or for our people, for us to be with them. And then for us to completely just disengage Mm -hmm. to go work on something else. Like that is just, that's the opposite. 
what we want. We don't want to ever make someone feel like they are second to our, to the work that we do. So oftentimes just a quick conversation of like, hold on, I need to write this down really quick and then we can finish this. And it's just communicating it, right? Like they're not going to be upset if I do that really quick versus if I just like suddenly just peace out because yeah, yeah, I suddenly have this genius email I have to write. Like that's silly, (laughs) right? Like there's nothing that's that that's more important than being present with people. So having those things where you can jot down those has really helped me a ton. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's number two? And number two is learn how to focus. Mm. Unfortunately, our society is doing a great job at helping us lose the ability to focus or sustain focus for long periods of time. If I could, and this is hard for moms, but the one thing that's really important for me to women that are also responsible for managing their household is to get them to work in blocks or bigger chunks of time versus just pockets. And trust me, like I can move a mountain in in a five minute pocket because I have to, (laughs) and most moms and women can, but if we just had two hours of deep work time, and I say two and a half, because it literally takes like a half an hour to get into focus. But if we just gave ourselves two hours somehow of blocked out focus time, that means no distractions. That means childcare. That means switching off with a spouse. That means swapping with mom, whatever that looks like to get focused work done, your business would compound. But because we lack focus or because we have to task switch so consistently, it makes it hard. So actually understanding that, A, it's not your fault that you can't focus. So you don't need to punish yourself for it. But we are, we're from a generation that that came up with phones and squirrel brain, brain kind of came with that, right? Like there's that cute little golden retriever on the movie up. I make a lot of child thing references. I'm just, that's my life. I'm a mom, but there's that cute little golden retriever in up that like every time he like thinks he hears a squirrel, he totally loses his shot, right? Squirrel. He like loses his focus. Well, we do the same thing and you don't have to have kids to struggle with focus. And so we do the same thing. And so one, one thing to do is to realize that a, you have like, you've been trained to do that by your devices, by just the way a lot of time our education is structured. Like there's just, it's not your fault, (laughs) but learning how to repair that is your responsibility because what you can get done. If you learn how to focus in a two hour timeframe, two to three hours every single day, if you learn how to focus, it's amazing. So some tips for sitting down when you finally have some time to work and you struggle with focus. The first thing that I do is, and Brownie points if you've already done this the night before, but if you do not have your task list done or your priorities mapped out for that time, sit down and do that first. So you make a total brain dump of everything that you need to do that's swirling around in your head. Now, the purpose of this is not for you to look like you'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to do all of this in two hours. Mm -hmm. Like that's not the point. The point of it is to actually get it out of your head because that's what's causing the overwhelm and like the frozen and the, oh my gosh, what do I do first? So that's one of my first tips. So after you create your dump list, the second is to get rid of the distractions. So I always get so much hate for this, but clearing all of the tabs on your computer, except for the one that you're using, like that, that. (laughs) I, we all are like, we, yeah, we all are. So clearing all of the tabs before you get to a task, because task hopping is just one of the most, it's just so detrimental to you being able to focus and, and get good quality work done. Um, And so that's one of my first tips. And my second tip is to keep the notifications off of your phone. The only notifications I have active on my phone are my email, which I don't even, I don't, I'm not a like 
open my email the minute I get one that comes in. That's not an issue for me, but I know it is for a lot of people. So if there is an app on your phone that you have notifications on that immediately you open it, take notifications off. Like it is really that simple there. You do not need to know who commented on your Instagram post right now. Like it's just, but it's impossible not to look if you know that it's there. Right. Cause right. then you're wondering, so just take notifications off, like not just for your working hours, like just take it off all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it will, you'll be shocked with like how much it helps productivity. Yeah. The um, only one I have on is Slack and um, mm-hmm. messages, text messages. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I just take them off. Like I get almost offended when the new apps, like, would you like notifications? And I'm like, no, thank you. How dare you? Yeah. So that's another tip that I really love. And then the third one that I love, love, love to teach, but it's so hard to put into practice, but it makes a big difference is to take time to let your brain transition. And there are some things that you can do to help that. So I'm a huge fan of the book, High Performance Habits by Brennan Burchard. So essentially it is very study-based, but he talks about what the highest performers that still have fulfilling lives, like it breaks down their habits, which is just right down my alley. And one of those is that they take time to transition their brain if they're going into a new activity. So for example, if you've just been folding laundry and getting lunch and getting someone cheese sticks for the umpteenth time today, just me, no, then you're not going to be able to just jump right into work mode. That takes practice and you need to clear your head. So one way he calls this reset and setting intention. So this is something that I teach inside of my boss at bootcamp group program, but essentially you sit down and you just close your eyes for just like a couple seconds. And the first thing you do is you release. That's what it's called. Release and set intention. So release everything. And you literally just say that over and over in your head, like release, 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 right? You're just closing your eyes. You're letting it all just kind of fall out. The next thing you do is you set an intention for that time. So I know what my priorities are. So by the time I'm done with this 30 minutes or by the time I'm done with this hour, these are the things I'd like to have accomplished. This is how I'd like to work. Setting an intention. So many studies show that just having right a goal or an end in mind, beginning with the end in mind is going to help productivity tenfold. So learning how to retrain your brain and help it focus faster is it's such a secret weapon to have. And it really helps with that, getting into that focus place faster and learning how to refocus. So I could go on a million tips, but those three or four probably are the ones I'd start with for being able to focus. Yeah. That makes so much sense because I feel like when I sit down to work, when I've been with the kids and my mind's just in a million places, I'm doing what's probably the worst thing to reset, which is open up Instagram and scroll. And then, you know, 30, 45 minutes later, you're like, what did I sit down to do? Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, having that of just like space and like to clear your brain sounds like exactly the best thing to do. Our brains are so cluttered, right? Like we have, we all have a million tabs open in our brain. There's that what is that? It's like a reel. That's like my, my brain is like an internet browser mm-hmm. and I don't know where the sound is coming from. So there's just like, there's a million things going on in our head. And so it's just understanding that you just have to let yourself chill for a second because it's part of the overwhelmed or the hustle culture that we come from is <clears throat> because we don't take the time to just be Right. And like being able to find silence or things like that, it's not common. And that, but that's where the best ideas come. That's mm-hmm. where the inspiration comes is when we take time to just sit and to be still. And it's hard in the, in the day-to-days that we live in. Yeah. And I love how you said that it's not your fault that you don't know how to focus because we've never been taught this stuff. And with society being very like, do, 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 do all the things, push, push harder, work longer, 
it's there's you know there's no space made for space really mm-hmm. yeah absolutely no space made for space yeah <laughs> we need more white space i yes. need to get like a bumper sticker more yeah. white space please <laughs> all right yeah, so what is number three number three okay so here is essentially the the what we're feeling is permanent seat on the hot mess express So feeling like we are, again, this just led perfectly, right? Feeling like we're going a million miles an hour. I have a client who, I love this quote, but she was kind of talking about how things feel when she's going into the week. And she says, my tendency is just to keep pushing through and to not look back. I spend most of my week putting out fires and feeling like I'm just spinning my wheels. Mm -hmm. The worst feeling in the world (laughs) is to lay down at the end of your day completely exhausted to have just hustled all day long and have no idea what you have to show for it. Yeah. Like there is fewer worse feelings than that. (laughs) And the, that is a sign that you fail to focus on what mattered most that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of those things, when you have a lot going on at home or you're trying to focus better, you're just trying to get things done from home is to control the chaos before Monday hits, meaning to have a very specific plan of how you want the week to go, how you're going to spend your time. I actually have an entire mini course on this, but if I just were to say one thing, it would be to have and implement a jumpstart checklist. So what that is, is that is, it's literally just a checklist. Like it is, it is that simple, but it is a checklist of all of the things that were figured out, I guess, for lack of a better term before Monday hits. So whether you do that on Saturday, whether you do it on Sunday, that's, you know, that's up to you, but we all get, they call it like the Sunday scaries or like cue Sunday overwhelm. Right. But it's often because we just, we're just throwing ourselves into another week, just ready to be reactive to whatever happens. But if there's a few things you can get on top of before the week starts, you go in with your feet forward and ready to hit the ground running versus like, again, just waiting to see what happens and hoping that you handle it the best, which is not a great game plan, right? So creating and implementing a jumpstart checklist is basically the first the first step to kicking off your week on the right foot. So some examples of items on our jumpstart checklist as a family is the first one is a weekly dump list. So I used that term earlier. Dump list, it's not fancy and I'll never change the name because it literally, you're just dumping things out of your brain onto paper. It's a list of the tasks, again, swirling around in your head that you'd like to get accomplished that week. So the point is to just get it out of your head. And then you create Monday's task list from that list. So create Monday's task list, create every day's task list the night before. It just will make so much difference in how your day goes. And again, the goal is not to cross off every single thing on your list. Your list is meant to be a guideline, not a deadline. But create Monday's task list. And then you're going to take it a step further and you're going to identify the three movers, which is essentially the three priorities that if you get a you get accomplished, you will feel successful. It's not about like well, I, I see everyone else on Instagram saying that these are the three things they do on Monday. And so maybe I should be doing those three things on Monday, right? No, it's, it's what's going to make you feel successful and accomplished by the end of the day. So very individual. So you identify those three movers. Another thing on our Jumpstart checklist is to, I have to time block. And this is essential for people that have flexible schedules or make their own schedules or just have a crazy schedule in general, but time block your self-care and your quality time. Mm. So this is absolutely an imperative step because this is the only reason that there, we are we are a dual working household. My husband works a nine to five. We're a dual working household. We've got three kids. Like it is a circus over here. 
making sure that we block out time in our calendars for self-care and for quality time is the only way we get to do things that we love. And so what that looks like is, and when I say self-care, I'm not, you don't have to calendar a bubble bath. Like I'm talking about like things like exercise. To the doctor. <laughs> going to the doctor for heaven's sake. For yes, yourself, a, not for your kids. Not for your children. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's, that's very important. Side tangent here, tangent land. I did that. I put up going to the doctor for two months and I have now been in a boot for six weeks because my foot was broken. Oh, no. Walking on a broken foot for two months, had no idea because it's like a tiny little bone. It's so silly, but it was broken when I finally <laughs> went in, which part of me is like, you know, I probably could have avoided that mm-hmm. had I just gone in and taken care of myself. Right. So again, just a reminder that I'm not a robot, mm-hmm. but essentially time blocking those things out for yourself. So your exercise, because we all know that if we wait to schedule those things in last, there's not going to be room for them. Mm-hmm. So like you said, doctor's appointments, self-care, exercise, quality time. So this is date night with your partner. This is getting you know out to with friends. As an adult, it's so hard to maintain friends because you're just busy and everyone else is busy and it's just hard to get together. So we prioritize those things and we time to block them out. And that's on our dumpster checklist. And then another one is a sync and review calendar and schedules with your significant other. Trevor and I need to be on the same page before the week starts. I need to know the days he's working different hours or something that's important that's happening to him that takes 10 to 15 minutes and it's a game changer with us being on the same page. And then the last one that I suggest is meal planning and ordering your groceries. Because if you can do that before the week hits, I mean, there's just there who has time to go grocery shopping. Like that is just, it, it's feels impossible. Mm-hmm. So whether you do grocery delivery or grocery pickup, we put our orders in on Sunday night and we also meal plan for the week. So that I don't get to 4.30 in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, guess we're doing grilled cheese again, which (laughs) we do plenty of the time. But every once in a while, I'd like to feed. I'd like to eat normal food and feed my kids some vegetables. So if we meal plan, then it's bound to happen. So that is the Jumpstart checklist. It is a checklist of things that will make your week go smoother if you get it done before the week starts. Yeah. I personally have that Sunday evening planning session and it's one of my favorite times of the week. A few years ago, I was really into like the planner stickers and I actually had my own little Etsy shop for stickers. But yeah, I that was my time to just like sit down and I brought it back recently. I even got a couple of sticker kits just to like Look have some fun you. with it. Yeah. <laughs> and but I think what I could definitely do a better job at is the order in which I go in my planning. So, you know, I'll put in like the meetings that I have committed and things like that. But I think even before that, I need to like step back and say, okay, like, when am I going to work out? When am I going to spend time with my husband one-on-one? So that was a really great reminder for me as well. And that's such, that's a blessing of, again, a workflow. I will die on this hill the, of having a workflow and knowing when your work hours are, because mm-hmm. if you are working in pockets and just trying to squeeze and work every open minute of your day, that's just a recipe for overwhelm and burnout. Right. And it doesn't leave time for anything else. So when you know when your work hours are going to be, when they're predictable, you know, when you can go to the doctor, you know, when you can exercise, right? It just, it just makes a big difference with just making sure that your life is well-rounded, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, and, not too heavy on one side, not unbalanced, I guess, to use the term I hate. (laughs) So if you're open to sharing, I'm curious with three kids and with a husband who works nine to five, what, like how many hours a week are you, you working? And what does that look like for you? I work 25 hours a week. Okay. I work 25 hours a week and maybe 30, like two weeks leading up to a launch um, Mm -hmm. or launch week. And I refuse to work anymore. It is, that is actually, yeah, that is actually very important to me. And that is a big part of my platform is that 
I just really want to prove that you can absolutely run a profitable business and it doesn't have to be making 20K, 30K a month, right? I'm not making that, but I significantly contribute financially to my family and I do it in only 25 hours a week and I have childcare and we go on vacations. What I love to think about is that it's my paycheck that allows us to go on epic vacations and for both my kids to be in tumbling and for them to do, you know, the summer camps that they wanted to do. It's, it's because I work those 25 hours that, that my family gets to do the things that we love as well. And that feels like a huge blessing. So again, you don't have to run a huge business for, and still work, you know, all of that time. You can easily run a side hustle or whatever that looks like, that's up to you, but you don't have to burn the midnight oil to have a profitable business. You just don't. Yeah, absolutely. And now that we're talking about profits too, I want to, of course, bring in bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. And what, I remember one of the things you said was working with intention and sitting down and knowing what you're going to work at, but also which which lines of your business are the more profitable ones. And if there's one that's losing money, maybe. Oh my <laughs> that's goodness. It's so important to look at those numbers and determine like, where am I spending my time? And does this even make sense? Like a mm-hmm. CEO would do and say, like, run the numbers for each you know department, I guess. And yeah, just making sure you're spending your time where not only it makes the most money, but also like where you're happiest too. So taking that intangible, like satisfaction into it. I love that you just said that we're like, pay attention to where you're making the most money. Cause that is something that we, and we can talk about this too, if you want to, but basically I blew my business up in January and started over in a lot of oh, ways. Wow. And so the first six months, the first six months of 2022 have been a lot of rebuilding and restructuring. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did is I looked at all of my offers and mm-hmm. first off was like, one, I'm too spread thin. I have too many offers. I don't want to do all of this anymore. So I almost cut half of the things that I was offering. Mm-hmm. And two, I looked at what was bringing the most money. And that's what I decided to double down on. Yeah. And honestly, it really can be just as simple as that to be yeah. profitable is, you know, what's working and how can I double down on it, expand on it, upsell it? You know, how can I, how can I make this my whole thing instead of just one of my things? Because if if you love it and it's working and you're having fun, then why not make it your whole business? Yeah. And if it's the most profitable one, but you're like, Oh, really that one, that's not what I was hoping to see. (laughs) Then you can dig deeper and say like, how could I make this not only the most profitable, but also enjoyable to myself Is it hiring more support, what needs to change within that offer. And there's little tweaks you can do there too. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear about burning down your business. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yep. Burned it down, burned it straight down or blew it up. Um, I can't remember how you said January. (laughs) Well, I guess I kind of, yes, it burned in January of 2022. I was going right into a launch. I was going to kick off my, I run a mastermind cohort for previous clients called level up. And I had two inside the program already. I was going to launch and we were going to kick it off the end of January. I had prepped all of December, this beautiful business plan for quarter one. And we get to January, I'm working on filling the program and it all felt wrong. It all felt wrong. Like everything just, I felt sick to my stomach. It just didn't feel right. And I could not, I just felt with all of my being that I was not supposed to push through. So I just basically stopped. I offered those two clients one-to-one spots and picked up two other clients. So I basically I did enough to cover my business expenses mm-hmm. and enough to like pay myself. <laughs> and that was what I did for quarter one. I, so we just kind of started over and redid all of the offers, all of what I wanted to do. And I had to do some serious, like 
okay, why did this happen? What's, you know, cause if your first question or something like that happens is like, what's wrong with me? I'm not cut out for this. Like all the mindset things I can remember just like an entire day where I didn't even get out of my robe and what did I just do? And what am I going to do now? Yeah. And I think that those are pivotal when looking back at it now, pivotal moments in our lives and our business where we have a chance to level up. And so I have spent the last six months, right? Not exactly how I envisioned 2020 to go, but restructuring. And the reason now looking back on it is because my sweet little close to perfect third baby who we love so much got mobile got harder. I told you three kids changes everything, but that I no longer had the bandwidth and the energy or the desire to work the way that I had been working to hit the revenue that I was hitting. Yeah. And so it was time to find different revenue streams that I was more passionate about, that I was excited about and revisited a previous ideal client. I had changed my ideal client and Mm. it felt wrong. And Mm -hmm. so I had made a mistake and had to backtrack. And so basically I, all new revenue streams focused on what I love teaching and training. I, that's what I would love to do. So I do three times the amount of podcast interviews now and speaking and and things like that. And, And I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. And as we go into our quarter three, launch, I am launching Boss at Bootcamp again, and it will have been, it's projected to be my biggest quarter yet in revenue, but it wouldn't have happened. It will, which I know it will happen. So I can speak to this, but it would not have happened if I hadn't had a really painful start and feel really lost for a while because I I literally felt like I had to start over. I was calling it a business identity crisis is what yeah. we called it. Yeah. And and now we are, you know, well on our way to doing great things and I have that really hard time period to think for it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. That's such a beautiful story. And I think it's just, (laughs) it's like one of those things that we all go into business for of like the freedom and the flexibility to offer exactly what we want, how we want with who we want. But then sometimes it's so easy to just get stuck in kind of the hamster wheel of, well, this is my business and, you know, just keep going and going. And for you to be brave enough to like step back and reassess everything, even though it meant some lower months, like that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And to look back on it and to realize that was a brave thing because in the middle of it, I did not feel brave. I did not feel brave. I did not feel on top of it. I felt like I questioned my ability to like do any of this. And then it was like, okay, you've had your pity party, Chelsea. Like it's time to get to work. Let's figure this out. And I'm so grateful to have a team who was willing to help me do that. They were flexible. They worked with me and they, they were in it with me and I could not have done it without them. So I definitely can't take the credit, but they're so important. Those times are so important to, to go through. Would I go back? Absolutely (laughs) not. Am I so glad I'm through that? Absolutely. But again, when we get, you know, setbacks, they're always a setup for something better. And that's, that's what we have to remember when we're in times like that. Yeah. So since you mentioned your team, who do you have on your team? If you're open to sharing and how, how does this 25 hour week business survive and thrive. Yeah. So this 25, <laughs> this is actually really funny because we, again, like I said, everything transitioned. So my website person and client management person moved over to project based because that just worked better for her life. I work, I hire moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that worked better for her life. So she went to project based. I have a marketing manager who helps me with all things like content planning and email workflows and things like that. She works about six to seven hours for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been with me from the beginning. So wow, she's, amazing. yeah, she's, <laughs> 
amazing. And then I have a bookkeeper. I finally hired that out, which I'm sure you're like, everyone needs one, right? And I finally hired that out. And now it's like something I wish I would have done Mm -hmm. like six months previous, right? I'm sure you hear that all of the time. So someone to hire out bookkeeping and things like that. And then I just, as of this month, have brought on an executive assistant. So that's a brand new thing. And I'm excited to see, you know, I'm excited to not send out my own contracts. Like mm-hmm. I am three years into business and I, I don't need to do that anymore. And mm-hmm. I am not poo-pooing that job because again, we all have to bootstrap at some point but I can teach more. I can train more if I'm outsourcing something that doesn't need to be done by me. Mm-hmm. And so it was just time. So I'm excited to to kind of get that up and we'll see. So I guess, I don't know, that's a most, they're all like contractors, but I have two consistent people. So it's a work in progress, but so far it's working. Working. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about hiring a bookkeeper and how you wish you would have done it sooner? And what has been the difference since hiring that out versus when you were doing it, you were doing it yourself before, right? Yeah. I think I'm a little bit of an anomaly because I actually love finances. I really loved managing my own books. I loved tracking it. That's something I really enjoy. It's so weird because I've always hated math, but my husband says like, you hate math unless there's dollar signs in front of it. And there's some truth to that. And so I just took really, really good records. And so my bookkeeper was easy, you know, just to like pick it up, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know my profit margins. Mm -hmm. I didn't know like I didn't know what offers were making the most money. Like I didn't have those spreadsheets. I just had like expenses, like ingoing, outgoing. And then I used, pro- I used the profit first method, which I still do. I still mm-hmm. go off of percentages to, to, to do those things and to manage my business money. But I had a friend who was just like, why are you still doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Cause I like enjoy it. But she said, Chelsea, what could you be doing if you weren't spending, you know, those three hours a month or whatever, managing mm-hmm. your finances. And so I was like, well, I don't know. So just through a referral, just hired somebody on and didn't have to worry about my business taxes. Like didn't, you know, I, it was amazing. And I do absolutely wish I would have started six months sooner mm-hmm. because to have someone be able to tell you your profit margins is huge to have like a PL, which Mm-hmm. I feel fancy even understanding how to read those, <laughs> right? Profit and loss statements to know exactly where your money is going and to have that broken down. It is essential to being able to grow your business. Yeah. You cannot grow your business if you don't know your numbers. You just can't. Yep. And so there's the there's a testament to bookkeeping because yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it has definitely helped grow my business. It's worth every penny. Yeah, that's awesome. So as we wrap up here, is there anything else you wanted to add? <sighs> I don't think so. Just yeah, just the fact that it's it's doable to have your aunt. It's it's absolutely 100% possible for you to be present in your life and profitable in your business. Mm-hmm. That is the hill. Again, that's a soapbox that I stand on always. But I, I know personally and from the clients that I work with that once you implement systems and strategies to be intentional with how you spend your time, your time compounds. And not only it compounds, but money, more money comes in and things just work better. It's when we're flying by the seat of our pants is, is when things seem to stall or to get stuck or feel harder. And no one should run their business feeling like they're like walking through the sludge. That's a terrible way to feel. So that is the one thing that I'd say is, is productive habits and strategies. They're a game changer and they allow you to get more done in less time, which is, you know, what everybody wants. 
Yeah. So the question that I ask all of my guests I have on here is if you could tell Chelsea a year ago today, anything, whether it be advice or motivation or anything, what would it be? And feel free to give any sort of context about like where you were at a year ago. Yeah, I had, yeah, a year ago, I had a brand new baby. So Mm -hmm. I think a year ago, I went through a lot of mindset things, obviously, as we, we discussed, but there's two things that come to mind is results of launches don't mean anything about you. They don't mean anything about your worth or your ability. It's one of those knowing your numbers things. Launching really is a big numbers game and understanding the strategy behind it. Um, Yes, you're talking to people and you need to treat people like real people. But when it comes to launching, how whether it's successful or not, the, the results of your launch don't mean anything about you as a person. And too often as entrepreneurs, we attach our worth to how our launches go. And it is freeing when you decide to let that go. So that's the first thing I'd say. And then the second, we just talked about this, but no amount of money is worth your well-being. Again, when I came back from maternity leave with three kids and everything just felt wrong, I didn't have the energy or the bandwidth to maintain those revenue goals. But I knew that I wanted 10K plus months only working 25 hours a week. That is the only thing that I knew to be true. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there had to be a way to do it, having more fun <laughs> and not feeling totally wasted at the end of the single day. So like I said, it's quarter three is now because I took that time to reset and restructure. Everything is better now and I get to enjoy being a mom and I don't have to deal with the work guilt or the mom guilt, but I definitely had to go through the sledge of, of figuring out how to make that happen. But yeah, you, you can make what you want to make working the hours that you want to work. You just have to find the right revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Follow the fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's so good. So thank you so much. You gave us a lot of great tips and I know you have a mini training when we're, when it comes to yeah, implementing Yeah. So habits. we talked about some habits that you can implement today. Implementation is the hardest part of of a new habit of doing something that's going to be better, right? That's the hardest part. So I stole, it's mine. So I guess it's not really stealing, but I took out a part of my winter week mini course and pulled out the seven sure practices to sustaining new habits training. And so that can really help you take action, implement even what we talked about today or just in general. So I sent you that link. And so you can download that and begin having some assistance with implementing or making some of those changes that you want to make in your life. And then also you can, if you listen to this and you have questions about anything, I hang out on Instagram and I hang out on TikTok and just search Chelsea Westman and leave me a DM. Tell me, you know, what habits you're going to work on. I love to talk about those things. I love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out with any questions or just if you want me to celebrate with you, I love to do that too. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. And I love that that's your, what you're offering with the training, because I think some of the biggest, I don't want to say one of the biggest mistakes, but it's so common to listen to a podcast episode and be like, oh yeah, that's great. And then just live your life and forget to implement anything. So the fact Mm -hmm. that what you're offering is help with implementation and even reaching out and offering to DM with people is amazing. So thank you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Profits Affogato podcast. For all the links mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes. And as always, I'd love it if you find me on Instagram at Marish Books, screenshot the episode, and tag me in your stories with your favorite takeaway. 